You're listening to the free edition of Sweden in Focus from The Local. If you would like to listen to a full-length version of the podcast, as well as an additional midweek episode, please check the episode notes for details on how to upgrade to Membership Plus. Here's this week's free edition. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sweden in Focus. I'm your host, Tom Henley. It's been another roller coaster of a week here in Sweden. There was a vote of no confidence in Stefan Levien on Monday, the first time something like that has ever happened here in Sweden. And on Wednesday, the centre party shocked many as they withdrew their demand for market rents. But what does this all mean for the government and the future of Swedish politics? We're going to get into all of that today, as well as looking at the reality of rental control and how it brought the government to its knees. The local Sweden asked you guys on their website this week what you thought of paternity leave in Sweden. And so we'll hear the results there as well. And of course, it is midsummer weekend. And so we're going to be taking a deep dive, albeit wonky dive, into the history of drinking snaps and singing songs. Sweden in Focus is sponsored by Akademikernas Arkasa, providers of income insurance for university graduates in Sweden. Okay, let's get to it. With us again is James Savage, Catherine Edwards, and Richard Orange. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hello. Hello. Great, thank you. Another hectic week, right? Oh, yes. Goodness me. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to get into all of that. Also joining us today is freelance journalist Isabella Anderson. Isabella, it's really nice to have you with us. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, let's get to it. James, and this is a big ask, but could you give us a little update about what has just happened this last week after we talked on Saturday? So on Monday, the there was a vote of confidence in uh, the Riksdag, in the Swedish parliament, and the government lost the vote of confidence. Omröstningen har utfallit med 181 ja, 109 nej, 51 avstår. Jag konstaterar att kammaren har bifallit yrkandet om misstroendeförklaring mot statsministern. Which meant that the government effectively, well, I mean the government effectively fell at that point. Now in practice, it has one week to, um, to 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 find a solution, and and so so Stefan Levine has until um, and, and, until Monday of next week um, to figure out what to do. He can either call fresh elections or try and form a new government, um, and it's the latter that he's really uh, trying to do now. So he's trying to he's trying to pull together a coalition, effectively try to pull together his old coalition. Um, in order to stay in power. Now, this 
is easier said than done, given the parliamentary mathematics and, 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 and given the, 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 the deep disagreements there are between uh, particularly the left party and the centre party. Now, up until now, the kind of the trigger issue here has been market rents. What has now happened is that the centre party has agreed not to insist on this. That happened in the middle of the week on Wednesday. How, how unexpected was that? I mean, it was it it was quite unexpected. I think that they that 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 you know having have, having put quite a lot of prestige into this issue that they would they would back down um, effectively under pressure from the left party. But you know they were also under an awful lot of pressure to compromise, um, basically from all sides. So people were blaming the centre party for this crisis. And I think what has happened, what what has happened now, and the way they have done this, what they have said is we'll, we'll drop the the, the the insistence on market rents. But what we want in return is two things. First of all, we want to um, reduce um, taxes on low and middle income earners. And we want to get rid of, um, or, or we want to reduce taxes as well on something called ISKs, which is um, which is kind of a share. Uh, it, it's, it's a way of, of it's, it's a special account that lots of people have in Sweden that, that helps you buy shares and funds and save in a, in a tax efficient way. And they're, they're looking to they're looking to reduce the taxes on this. They are also saying that they want they're insisting that the Liberal Party gets back on board with the government. It all comes back to the Liberals where we first started with this podcast. It all comes back to the Liberals. Now, of course, it's complicated again because the Liberals are really incentivized to help the current government because they are on 2.5% in the polls. 2.5% means you disappear from Parliament. You need 4% to get in. Now, if the Liberals don't help the Centre Party out in this situation, what risks happening is fresh elections soon while the liberals are on this uh, having have these terrible terrible poll ratings so there is a sort of incentive for them to 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 jump in a way but they've just made a really big play out of swapping sides and saying that they won't support a new um social democratic government so it does make it does make the whole thing really quite complicated and uncertain. But it is movement. I wonder how much you guys think this was a political chess move of Annie Love and the Centre Party looking to the future. Basically, they want to take away point forty four, right? That was the part of the January agreement, and by doing that, they've also raise these tax questions. How much of this do you think will help the Centre Party when it comes to the election next year? I think it was I think it was I think it was a political move. I think it, it was it was um I think it was partly provoked by the Centre Party not wanting to be seen as being to blame for the government for, for the for the crisis that the government is facing, for the political crisis that Sweden is facing. They didn't want to have all all, all, all the responsibility um, on their shoulders. This is a way of trying to shift responsibility, particularly in this case, to the Liberal Party, saying to the Liberal Party, well, you know, it's up to you. 
It's that passing of the buck that you mentioned. It's the passing of the buck to a party that that is in a very, very, very tight spot. Um, Also, a party that you could say is, in a sense, the centre party's main rival for for votes right now. Um, So, you know, it's a, um, it's quite a, it could be quite a clever move, but it's also, it's also risky. We'll see how it plays out. Something that suggested it was almost definitely a political move was that Annie Love said she was happy to drop or would accept dropping the market rent proposal because there was no political consensus for it in Parliament. And she said the vote of no confidence showed that, but that's um, not technically true because the left party were the ones who kicked off the vote of no confidence. They strongly opposed this proposal, but the other parties on the right, the moderates and Christian Democrats, they do support market rents. And they've said that they voted, um, they, they voted against the government purely because politically they're against the government, even though this is actually, uh, a right wing policy. It's not a social Democrat or centre-left policy. So it's definitely seems political in that sense. It gives her a way to drop the proposal while not looking weak for dropping it or giving it up. She looks very pragmatic. I think that's how she always tries to come across. Let me ask you this, James. Last week, you and Emma both said quite adamantly that you, you don't believe Stefan Levine is going to fall. Do you still believe that after everything that's happened this week and can happen in the next few days? That he is a political escape artist. We've seen it so many times before. The fact is, he is still in the game this week. We have, we still haven't, he still hasn't called fresh elections. There are ways out for him. Yeah, I wouldn't exclude the, the possibility that he that he might still be in power, not least because very few parties want fresh elections. One thing that's worth noting here, though, that Centre Party is one of the parties that is best placed in the in the events of fresh elections, not least because it has shed loads of money. It is so rich. So for them, the price of going to an election is perhaps lower than it is for other parties. So that that could play into this. As per Catherine's analysis earlier this week, I think that Stefan Levin is in quite a good position with the center party dropping their demand for market rents because together without the liberals, they still have 174 seats. So they need one of the two independent members of parliament to vote to keep Stefan Levin, and one of them voted against the vote of no confidence in order to keep him. So it's quite a likely outcome if they can agree on this one issue. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back. If you're new in Sweden, or you've yet to master all the intricacies of Swedish working life, you may not be familiar with the unemployment insurance system here. Unemployment insurance is compulsory in most of the EU and the UK, but in Sweden, it's partially voluntary. But what does that mean for you? Well, to be entitled to the full income insurance benefits available in Sweden, you'll need to join an R-CASA, like Akademikernas R-CASA. An R-CASA is an unemployment fund that pays income-related insurance benefits, and Akademikernas R-CASA is Sweden's biggest provider for university graduates. 
You're eligible to join if you're a university graduate and currently work or have previously worked in Sweden, the EU, EEA or Switzerland. Want to protect your income in the event that you lose or choose to quit your job at a cost of just 140 Swedish kroner per month? Join Academic in us, Arkasa. You could receive up to 26,400 kroner per month before tax. Catherine, last week we touched upon the fact that rental laws basically brought down the government, threatens to bring it down once and for all. And I want to really look into what exactly these rental laws are. So firstly, let's start with basics. Can you tell me about the rules? How does the rental system work in Sweden today? Um, Yeah, Sweden has a very closely regulated rental market. That means, for example, it's quite difficult to buy properties with the intention of letting them out and make a profit, which is quite common in a lot of other places in Europe and elsewhere. And the rental prices are kept low if you've got what's called a first-hand contract. So if you're renting directly from the building owner. The problem that we have then is that these first-hand contracts are quite limited because there just hasn't been so much building of new new apartments, particularly smaller ones, in the past few decades, really. So the system is intended to ensure that everybody has got access to affordable housing by keeping rents low. But there are too many people, especially in the cities, to have all these first-hand contracts. And in theory, because you're not supposed to rent for profit, you can sublet your apartment. And even that should be regulated. You can't charge more than a fixed percentage. For example, if it's furnished, you can include the cost of bills, but you're not supposed to overcharge if you're renting out your own first-hand contract. But of course, some people do overcharge and because the demand is simply so high, some people won't quibble with that or they might not know that Sweden has these rules if they're younger, if they're maybe from different countries, new arrivals to Sweden. So yeah, the, the rent controls are there to keep the prices low, but there just aren't enough of these first-hand contracts for everyone at the moment. I think you mentioned something there which I want to look into more. This, these last few weeks, everyone's been concentrating on what this means for the future of the government, but there hasn't been that much talk about the individuals that are affected by these rental laws. You guys that, have, that work for the local and are in communication with your readers, how, how have you felt that it's impacted people? How do these rules impact people really? Um, Yeah, I think because a lot of our readers are foreign citizens in in Sweden and new to the country, um, it means a a lot of them, a lot of us are shut out from the system of, of closely controlled rentals. I know that when I arrived in Sweden, people told me, sign up to the queue, this housing queue through which the contracts are allocated, but don't expect to get an apartment for five, 10 years, maybe more in Stockholm. Uh, And that's a very long time to not have stable housing. And even though you can get these secondhand contracts, the rules that are intended to stop people buying up properties for profit, that those mean that those contracts are often limited in time. So if you don't have the elusive firsthand contract, you're often in a position where you're moving every every six months, every year or two years, if you're lucky. Uh, I think I've lived in Stockholm for over five years and I think I've had 
just as many apartments because I've had to move to move between them. Yeah, there is such a high demand here in Stockholm. Like I said, it's almost impossible. Isabella, you live in Gay Paris, but you may one day move back to Sweden, I guess. So is it something that you're, are you standing in a queue? I am in the queue. It's kind of like a known secret that the best way to get an apartment as a young person in Stockholm is to go and sign up to the queue the day you turn 18 because you can't sign up before. And then basically the list, they will have special apartments that are like this apartment is only for people who are 24. And then the day before you turn 25, you go into the website and you will be the oldest and therefore have the most queue time on one of the year-decided apartments. But my mom didn't know about this. So I signed up when I was 19, and I have never been offered an apartment in Stockholm because even though I live abroad, I still check regularly to see what the queue time is, and I'm always the bottom uh, 10% of every apartment except for student apartments. But since I don't study in Sweden, that's not really relevant for me right now. I, I mean, this is if you get an apartment now, I mean, I guess what you what what most Swedes would do is you would get the apartment and if you don't want to live in it, you will just rent it out until you do want to live in it, right? Yes, but you can only live in the student apartments while you're a student. So once I stop studying, I would have to leave it. So... That wouldn't work. But if I would get offered a, like a young person apartment, I would probably go with that solution, to be honest. But I think it's interesting, the system, I mean, everybody knows it needs to be reformed, but nobody is willing to really actually reform it. I mean, it's, none of the politicians can really bring themselves to do it because it's such a sort of an infected political issue. So how do we clean that wound? What I was going to ask, what is the solution? And you're saying it's willingness. Catherine, what what have you seen in your reporting? Is there an easy fix? There is a solution? Or is this just doomed to be the same way for many years to come? Uh, I think that there's no easy fix. Uh, Long term, definitely just more housing will improve the situation. Because if there are more apartments available, they won't be kind of hoarded in this way. Um, And you can definitely see the arguments for what the Centre Party proposed with with market rents because that would, or in theory, it should reduce the gap between the people who are in the system with the cheap, controlled, um, first-hand contracts and the people who are currently outside the situation, um, outside the system. Uh, I mean, because at, at the moment, it can be the case that for a similar apartment, someone who's got it on a first-hand contract could be paying half as much as someone who's there on a, on a second-hand contract. So the critics of the of the market rents will say that uh, their introduction would lead to more housing segregation. It would lead to less stable conditions for housing. Um, but it's important to remember that a lot of people are already living with that reality because if there's a 10-year queue to get into the system here in Stockholm and queues of different lengths across the country, there are already a lot of people who aren't benefiting from, from the system today and um, but no easy fix, I don't think. No, because there is this, there is this issue then of, um, you know, if you reform the housing market and, and have market rents for, you know, most apartments, you then at least need to have some kind of system for effectively for social housing. Because if, if housing becomes 
really um you know if, if normal if normal housing becomes becomes um, expensive you need something that for people who are on low incomes um in key workers and 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 that kind of thing for you you need some something for somewhere for them to live they need they need they need need to live um even in expensive places too that i think that is one of the real key blockers here and sweden really doesn't have social housing as such um in the way that many other countries do that's the, that's the real that's the real key problem here yeah, and, and really making sure that it's that mix of people within the same place because, yeah, as Sweden's housing market is so segregated at the moment. And even in in the past when Sweden has built a lot of new houses and has been able to do that very quickly, the, the famous example is the Million Homes program when they built a million new homes and most of those were quite small and functional. And that was um, had many good points, but it did mean that you created these whole areas which ended up having just people of lower incomes there and maybe those areas didn't get investment over the later years and it ends up creating maybe you've solved one part of the housing issue but you've also contributed then to segregation and other problems in the housing market. Um, Richard, I know that you guys at The Local recently did a poll on paternity leave here in Sweden. and I'm really excited to hear the results. But before we get to that, can you just let our listeners know what does paternity look like here in Sweden? It's an incredibly uh, generous system compared to most countries, at least outside the Nordic region, I think you get. It's a shared system where where paternity can be sh- uh, where child leave can be shared between both partners or even I think with other members of your family. I mean, you get I think four hundred and eighty days per child. Of those, three months are what they call papa mornad, which are daddy months, which are use it or lose it months that are only apportioned to the father. And if they don't take it, then you just lose them. And it's for quite a lot of those days, it's at 80% of your salary, which is pretty generous in the years before. So you can take a a lot of leave six months a year after having a child without your income really declining at all. And what's different from a lot of countries is that it's the government that pays that money rather than your employer. So they also don't have such an incentive to kind of limit how much leave you take. So I think it's, it's extremely generous as a, as, a, as a system. And I think it works pretty well. So what exactly was the poll that you guys put out and what were the results? Yeah, it was a poll. It was ask, It was a pretty simple question. It was just asking whether, um, whether the three months on average that men that fathers take in Sweden as the sort of main carer of their child, young baby is enough, not enough, or about right. And and overwhelmingly, people seem to think it's not enough. So um, that was, I think, 59.2% of people who got back to us said that fathers in Sweden should take more, and 36.6% said that's about right. And only just over 4% said that they thought that three months was too much. I can't believe that even 4%. I mean, I'm I'm having a kid in October. Or rather, my wife is. Congratulations! I can't Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know why anyone would say no to that. Bring it on! I lo- I love doing this podcast, but I'm looking forward to those three months. You know? I don't know when I when I did the first one, I was in touch with my editor in the UK, and I was saying, "Oh, I'd like to write a story about this." And he got back to me. He goes, 
you're not seriously going to do this, are you? And I think a lot of and a lot of people I know in the UK have looked at it as sort of an extreme thing to do. Whereas obviously in Sweden it's completely normal. Extreme is in good for you or extreme is in that's too much. Do you think if this this if this was given to a lot of people living in the UK or other countries that do not have the same rules, those that four percent would be much higher. I think that four percent would be much higher in the UK. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think I think I think I think there's still quite a large percentage of people who think that at least in the first year, looking after babies is 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 the mum's job. I wonder how much COVID maybe has changed that. You know, a lot of parents have had to stay home. Richard, you have a lot of friends in the UK, maybe in Germany, under other different countries. Have you have you felt like some of the fathers that you know maybe have changed their point of view after COVID? Because we've been forced to stay home. A lot of people have been forced to stay home. And maybe they've realized the the merit of being there. And they can see the Swedish model maybe as more of a attractive model. I think it sparked a lot of debate in the UK. I've 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 seen a, a lot a lot in the in the newspapers, there's been a lot of talk about the the extra load that that mothers particularly took uh, taking over teaching when their kids were off from school. Um, I haven't. I have to confess, I haven't had many of my male friends sort of saying, "Oh, you know, now I've spent some time with my kids. I wish I could spend more time with them." You know, quite the opposite. But I've seen quite a lot of female friends saying, "I'm falling. I've been falling apart. I've had to have my. I've had to be teaching my kids for three months, six months." And this is not fair and not sustainable and this system needs to be changed. One thing about that could be that at the moment it's not a normal situation with parental leave. People are not getting time off work to look after their kids. They're working from home during a pandemic and trying to do childcare or homeschooling. So that might be kind of a baptism of fire for people who are at home with their kids for, for the first time. So maybe maybe it will be the case that it doesn't, immediately inspire people to take that leave but it could begin perhaps it's too optimistic but it could begin the push for change because more people perhaps realize it's not sustainable at the moment and more support is needed for for working parents and and parents in general and on that note we will be right back With Sweden's system of unemployment insurance, it's easy even for Swedes to miss out on the benefits of joining an Arkasa. Arkasas are the employment fund that pay out income-related insurance benefits if you lose or quit your job. Membership of Akademikernas Arkasa, the top provider for university graduates, costs just 140 Swedish kroner per month. So, 10 years worth of fees corresponds to roughly one monthly payment if you become unemployed. It's like a regular insurance policy for your car or your home, but designed to protect your income. But there is one key difference. As Akademikernas Arkasa is not for profit, it won't charge you a fortune. Employees, the self-employed and even students can join. For more information, visit the Akademikernas Arkasa website. Now, get your pen and paper ready because I'm going to spell this out for you and direct you to the English language homepage. It's www.akademikernasakasa.se forward slash en. And if you think that was tricky, just wait until you find out what Arkasa is short for. Isabella, you're half Swedish, half American, right? Well, my dad's from South Africa, but he's lived in the U.S. most of my life. Okay. 
I just I just thought I'd ask because it's midsummer weekend and I know that holiday is one that can shock a lot of people when they first come to Sweden, especially when it comes to drinking snaps. Uh, yes, I think my father was quite surprised when he first arrived uh, because there's something a bit unSwedish, of, I think, about how Swedish people celebrate the big holidays like Midsummer because it's this culture about everything in moderation, everything's lagom, uh, the, you can't buy alcohol on the weekends. And then when there's the big holidays, the country goes completely haywire and they drink these uh, snaps with every new meal, every new serving of herring throughout the, almost the entire day. And I think it can be quite surprising for someone who's used to the lager mentality that you first see when you arrive. Yeah, there is a lot of snaps involved in Midsummer, And I know you've been looking into the history of snaps, right? What, what did you find out? Yeah, I spoke to Eva Lennemann. She's a curator at the Museum of Spirits in Stockholm. We have one of those. It's right next to the Vasa <laughs> Museum. Uh, and she basically told me a bit about the history. And it's been around since the, the Middle Ages. Uh, in the 1400s, they started distilling old wine because a classic snaps is brennvin, which is literally translates to burnt wine. And they would distill it and then they would add a lot of spices, uh, traditionally cumin, anise, and fennel. And uh, they would use this to treat illnesses like the plague because there was this old Christian idea of evil must be banished with evil. Uh, and then when in the 1600s, they started distilling it from uh, grain, which made it a little bit cheaper and more accessible. And that's when the concept of the smörgåsbord kind of first came about. Uh, and the upper class would have the brennvin and the smörgåsbord for fancier dinners. A bit later in the 19th, 20th century, they started uh, doing it at restaurants uh, once the technology caught up to make it for everyone. And uh, Catherine and I were discussing this a bit, but they would have an open bar in the 19th century at a smorgasbord at restaurants, which seems crazy compared to what the alcohol loss are, right, are like right now. Why, why were you guys discussing it? Were you jealous? Okay. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, it's like bottomless brunch, but in the 19th century. <laughs> I think the the first snaps visa that we all learn, those of us who have moved to Sweden, is probably Hilangor, right? Yes, I think it's the most common one. It's the one that most uh, new arrivals seem to learn. I... It took me a long time to even understand what that song was about. Yes, I think I've always thought that Hialan was drinking the whole snaps at once. But in my research, I've realized that that's not actually true. The Hialan is the name of the first round of snaps. And then Halvan is the name of the second round of snaps. So the one who doesn't take the whole gets the doesn't get the half either. But it really is a part of the Swedish identity, isn't it, that song? Yeah, and that's a bit what Eva Lennemann was saying as well, is that I think today it has the strongest um, still use in places that are supposed to protect tradition, like at universities and in the military and at these big holidays where you really feel the most Swedish. James, from our previous discussions, I know you're a, you like a good tune when it comes to midsummer and Christmas. Is there one you can give us today? Okay, my favorite snaps visa is Jag har aldrig gått på snusen, which means I have never been on the booze. 
it doesn't mean snooze. It sounds like it means snooze, which is that tobacco thing, but apparently it's like, it means I've never been on the booze. And it goes like this. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jag har aldrig varit på snusen, aldrig rökt en cigar, halleluja. Mine dugder är och tusen, inga snuskiga laster jag har. Jag har aldrig sett något naket Inte ens ett litet nyfött barn Mina blickar går taket Därmed undgår jag frästerens garn Halleluja! Halleluja! And then we go into hallelujahs Wow, thanks everybody for listening today. I hope you all have a wonderful midsummer weekend. Thanks, as always, to the editors and journalists from the local who joined me today, to James, Catherine, Richard and Isabella. And a special thanks this week to Lovisa Lam Nordenkvold. Sweden in Focus is a band of production in collaboration with the local. If you are liking the episode so far, please do think about subscribing and leaving a rating for us. And if you want to support independent journalism, why not become a member of The Local today? This episode was sponsored by Akademikernas Arkasa, providers of income insurance for university graduates in Sweden. Join me again next Saturday for another Sweden in Focus. Thanks and skål! catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires.
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. That's all for this week's free edition of Sweden in Focus. If you'd like to hear a full-length version of the podcast each week, as well as an additional midweek episode with more interviews and analysis, please upgrade to Membership Plus. Make sure to check the episode notes for details on how to upgrade. Sweden in Focus is a podcast by The Local Europe. Our sound engineer is Rhys Edwards. The publisher is James Savage.